treat the smallest guy like he's the biggest guy. Yeah. Because why? This guy, the guy can start over here, may end up blowing up. I saw yeah. that firsthand. Antonio Brown was a fifth round draft pick. Hey, Dallas Cowboys started tattooed right here. That's My buddy. it. <laughs> I no, love it, Dallas. I'll tell you our connection is disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting how it is. And so I, I just now, just, I don't even go to the games no more because it's just been, we, done, we overdid it. Welcome back to Two Dudes, Three Legs podcast with your host, Zach Dingy. Tony Capaletti. Today, we are in Boca Raton, Florida with our guest, Alex Odiari. He's a wealth strategist, financial educator, and former Division I athlete. We met this gentleman yesterday um, after we completed day two of the Volt Conference, which is hosted by Patrick Bet David and Valuetainment. An incredible tribe of people came out here, all in the name of business uh, and, and increasing their standing and leveraging what they do uh, in the business world. Um, and we sat down and had a very interesting conversation. And I think a way, uh, my favorite takeaway of what you do was the simple statistic that I believe it was 78% of professional athletes go bankrupt three years after they finish playing, after they retire. That's insane. <laughs> and, I, and I've heard that a long time ago, and I always thought to myself, like, how? How could somebody with so much money lose it? But, you know, if you're financially illiterate, it's so easy to. Uh, but that's your niche. I mean, I believe that was part of your niche. Mm -hmm. That is my niche. That's literally, yeah. Uh Part of it, sure. So, speak so on tell that. us how you yeah. got there. You, you, you were a former Division One athlete at what school? Mm -hmm. uh, so I played at Oklahoma State first, and I yep. finished up at SMU. So I graduated from SMU down, down in Dallas, Texas. Yep. You know, extremely fortunate to do that. So you, know, you played full four years? Uh, all four, three years. I finished okay. the, last year. I just you know focused more on trying to finish up the school. So yeah. And what position? I was a linebacker. Okay. Yeah. If you couldn't tell by the sheer size <laughs> of the fucking yeah. man, he was a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so after three years, what happened? Yeah. So afterwards, man, I, I was fortunate enough to have worked for a sports agency. You know, got in there as an intern. Uh, when I got in, you know, just like anybody else, I was trying to earn my stripes. Never thought in a million years, you know, I'd even be in that position. But it was a dream of mine to be able to work on the business side of sports. Mm -hmm. And I was so lucky that one of my best friends on the team at the time was a highly retarded athlete. And, you know, the agency that we ended up, he ended up going with was kind enough to bring me on as an intern. And that's where my journey began, yep. you know. And so you've been doing it for how long now? So this started what, I uh, graduated in 2010. So once I graduated, I got right into this, you know, into, right, right into it. Didn't even, right before I graduated college, I was already an intern, finishing up doing that. Eight years later, if you could go back, would you rather have gone to the NFL or gone into this field? 100% <laughs> gone to this field. So yeah. you think this is a much better decision? 1,000% better. Fate. Because I, I wouldn't have brought any value just being the guy that just played the game versus seeing the game for all it is. I like that. From seeing from a you know, 30,000 square foot view of what they're seeing. Yep. And, you know, like I said, I was fortunate when I was at SMU, the mindset was different. The mm -hmm. individuals I was in class with had parents that owned companies, owned sports teams. So these guys were thinking of, you know, after, after I graduate, I'm going to go run a company. I'm going to run this you know, sports franchise per se. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's different mindset. So for me, it was like, I got excited one day when a gentleman came up to me and his dad owned a, 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 a you know, a huge NFL team right now. I was saying names, but 
And he, oh, you know, please say something. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking one day, just at lunch, and we were just, you know, chit-chatting. And, and I was like, man, I can't wait for your dad to draft me. What would you pay me, man? He was like, how much would you want to get paid? And I'm jokingly saying $15 million a year, throwing these outrageous numbers. <laughs> and, and then it just dawned on me. He just said, have you ever thought about what it would be like to be an owner? Like, do you know how much the owner has to have to pay oh, you $15 million? It's crazy. And I think that statement alone... Sparked something in it. It just changed everything. He's like, different level of perspective. He's like, do you know how much he has to have to give you 15? Mm -hmm. And if you're excited about 15, you really need to get excited about the number that he has to have. And to me, that right there was like, that's the game I want to play. Yeah. I want to cut that check. You know what I'm saying? I want to make that decision (laughs) when things happen. And so over years, when things are played out through the NFL, you realize, man, players all want to play, but nobody's talking about owning their own team. is when things happen is when people start speaking about ownership. Yeah. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit of the specifics on a day-to-day of you operating this business, who you operate it with? Right. So it was very, it's crazy how we started. When we got started in the business, you know, my job was simple, which is going out there recruiting athletes and you can imagine. Give man, us the name of the business as well. So, you know, I worked for uh Jordan Ward, he's uh, with uh, Willis and Ward Sports Group. Okay. That was our, our founding agent. You know, so one of the things that changed our business was when Reggie Bush, I don't know if you guys remember, had that incident with the Heisman. Yeah. Right? It changed the whole model of our business because the NCAA came in, the NFL came in and said, well, we can no longer have sub-agents anymore. Because I was not technically a sports agent. I don't do contracts. Right. I was just a guy in the middle that can go bring the guys in. Yeah. So that was my role, but I was so thankful looking back because when that happened, I had to learn another way to make money. Yeah. And I got into working for FC Dallas, and that's why I met a gentleman that got into, you know, in the financial industry. Yep. And for me, it was like, I didn't want to be a sports agent. I liked everything the agent did, but I felt like he could do more. And I realized the financial part was big for me because all the players I have recruited the biggest thing I used to tell them was, I got your back till the wheels fall off, till the wheels do fall off. Yeah. Yeah. So they have that financial headache and they call you and say, hey, it's gone. And you got to find a solution. And it's like, all this time, I wasn't prepared. I was just like everybody else, be smart, invest. But what does that mean? Right. <laughs> it's it's so, easy to say that. It's, it's easy to say that. But what do you really do? Exactly. And that's where you come in and you... Right. So, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the, so... The difference between what you're doing and what an agent typically do, and an agent is like, hey, we're going to help you get the most money in a contract. We're going to help you get these endorsement deals. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, but I'm going to help you actually build wealth and make money for the rest of your life type thing. Most definitely, but not just telling them building it, because I realized the challenge I dealt with most of my athletes, when I sat with all of them down, I started asking questions. How did you pick your financial advisor? What questions did you ask them? And what did you know about finance? about what your, what your money, where it's going. You have a 401k, do you understand the basics of it? Yep. The, do you understand how money grows, how it gets doubled, how it gets taxed? Because players think, hey, I got a million dollar check, but they're not including the tax. Yeah. So they're not including that 400,000 may go to Uncle Sam, because that's not, so that's, so you're off. Imagine being off $400,000. Yeah. So financial literacy, I realized, was common, but it's not just within athletes. This happens with everyday individual. This is a global pandemic. Yeah, right. This is a global issue. A hundred percent. That's why are, people are here. Right. Because of it. Right. Right. And why you said that, before I forget this, you said it to me last right. night. 
I don't know how many people know this. Who, what, what, if you're an athlete and you play for Dallas Cowboys, when you go to New York and play the New York Jets, you get taxed. Your game check is taxed as you live in New York because yeah. you played in New York. That was a gem. And he then California, off. whatever. <laughs> so that's crazy because even if you live in Dallas, you live in the state where there's no income tax and no state tax, and then you go and play in New York, well, you're usually if you're making $300,000 a game, now you're making 212 a game or whatever, 150 a game, you know? Every which is city crazy. they go to, they get taxed on. That's yeah. crazy. That's so wild. Whatever the city tax that is, is that's what your check has to go through. So wild. So you have to imagine <laughs> how that money has to go through before it actually comes back to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It goes through a lot. It goes, it goes through the ringer. And they're W-2 guys. So they, it, yeah. that's, that's the so, big play for you. So right. it's your job to not only help them pay their taxes, right. keep them out of trouble, but essentially... And a regular agent just gets them the money. Right. Now you're teaching them how to leverage it, keep it, keep it safe, right. and turn it into more. More and more, most definitely. And just leverage their whole brand in itself. How do you, you know, because the agent, that's literally, they're just getting you the contract, and that's it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And right. that's what I saw. I thought that's what I wanted to do, but I realized there was being more, like, you know, most financial advisors would say, let me manage your money. Yeah. And then you go do your own thing. I actually want my guys to understand why. Right. Your money's in that account. Right. Why are we not using a bank versus this account? Right. You know, how does that leverage? I think you know? a good metaphor is like they're providing a vehicle. Right. But nobody's teaching you how to drive. Exactly. And now you're here, driver's at baby. Exactly. They and they teach you how to do the turns. Exactly. So yeah. the story you told right before we got on camera was about one of your players mm -hmm. and you saw him the day before draft day and the line at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. You can barely afford McDonald's to eat. So Obviously, most people probably know this, but there's the deeper level of like, why? How come these guys, they grow up poor their whole life, they finally make money, and all he's saying is like, when I get in the NFL, I'll never have to worry about money. And their mindset is so broken that they get in the NFL, they, never, they think they never have to worry about money. They make their first million, and then all of a sudden, that million is 600,000 in taxes, to your agent, to your fees, to your managers, you gotta buy this person a house, you gotta buy a nice car. Right. Your million's gone in the first oh. in the first month. You get it, you right. know. So, what is like? What is the root cause? Do you think of of that itself? Again, it's the one thing I realize. Again, we go back to it. It's financial literacy. Yeah. yeah. Just understanding just the basics of what that looks like. Some of these guys, you know, when they're getting ready to get drafted, based upon where they're going to be drafted. Sometimes, you know, you have financial companies per se that would give you guys an advance. Right? Everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses. So you've imagined you've <laughs> been <laughs> living or whatever you were living before, apartments, house, wherever you were living yeah. before, just fine. But now as you're getting closer to that money, you feel the need to upgrade your lifestyle. And some guys just go to the stream yeah. in, that, uh, in that perspective. Do I blame them? Nah, it's your dream. You've been. Right, right. But of it's course, like, how, it's how, how, how do I leverage that? Right. You know, how do I take the same 100,000 but use it three times? Yeah, you know? I like that right there. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you're dealing with mostly college athletes, though. So. Right, college, but, but going pro into and, pro and, and, and so let's give a little backstory. Is that three years ago, a partner and I came from San Diego and we created an incubator to educate athletes in it. Dallas. And we were talking about what would it be like to college to educate college athletes. We had created a whole incubator. It was our own thing we did privately. And we had some of these former pro players that were retired because Dallas is a hub of retirement players. Yeah. So these guys are coming in and I'm talking to these guys about financial literacy and they're saying, nobody told me about this. So you have retired players coming to our office 
getting licenses, learning financials, and saying they wish they would have done things differently because this knowledge to them was they were told something completely different. If I ask those guys, why did you put your money in a 401k? They couldn't tell you. If I sell them from a scale to one to 10, 10 means you're an expert, one means you don't know much about it, they will be like, I have no clue. I'm like, does it make sense to put your money in something you understand? And no, that's rule number one of money. That's right? what Warren Buffett says. I don't says. want it to be lost on us how hypocritical it is that you just said, you're teaching college kids. Right. If only there was a place where they could be taught. <laughs> college kids. Yeah. It's so like, come on. What is going on in the school system where they're not teaching financial literacy? It's insane. It is, it is wild. And, and now college players are getting paid. It's exciting, yeah. but it's about to get worse. Yeah, because oh, now they're getting money even younger, you get money and younger. earlier. Easy with to take less advantage knowledge. of them. Right, they're going to be surrounded by people that just want to suck them dry. So if you go, to, if you think about now NIL deals, just look at SMU instead, like the school that I got fortunate to play at. Yeah. SMU instead is getting players are getting paid right now minimum. Even if you're on the bench, you make thirty six thousand dollars a year minimum. Wow. For football and basketball. In college. In college, right now. Wow. What? That's, a, that's, that's not including right your there. other deals. So if you're a quarterback, that's just your base salary. It's not including your other NIL deals you're going to get. Right. Holy shit. So you, you, so you think that's crazy? Look at Archie Manning, the number one quarterback going to Texas. Yep. They, they're saying his NIL deal is going to be $10 million his freshman year. <laughs> this man's going to be making more money. The most pro wow. quarterbacks. Dude, imagine that guy's year. life in college. It's insane, but Crazy. again. <laughs> imagine that kid's it's, life it's in college making 10 million in a dorm. But why would you need a he's dorm? Gonna have to, he's going to have to have security outside his fucking to. dorm door. Why you need a dorm, though? If you have a 10 million, coach, yeah, come on, true. man. Let me go yeah. get a man. You're like, not getting a dorm. What? You're going to be in college living in a mansion. In a mansion. It's a little easier to understand how these people lose their money. Right. Because 100%. it comes so easy, right? I bet you spend it so much easier. Because you're thinking all the things you're gonna get, but you're not considering all the things that come with the taxes. So if you're thinking about I'm buying a home, what's you thinking? I bought the home is mine, but, but people forget about the property tax, the oh. insurance, all the stuff that just keeps going. Oh, it's a cost. <laughs> it's Having a, a house is a cost, <laughs> even right. if you pay it off. Biggest liability in the world. You know, you know, so it's still going, but it's just the basics of just saying, hey, let's just. Well, there's partnerships. There's other ways we can, you know, make this better for yourself. Yep. But then trying to get them right in the right individual. So my goal now is to facilitate, is to become that facilitator for those guys. Because as college players, you're getting paid right now. It's exciting, but at the same time, if you don't know where to put your money, oh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. So you're gonna just buy stuff that you're always wanting to buy anyways. Your favorite shoes, your favorite, you know, video games, things you don't really need. And eventually they're gonna say, I didn't need all that. Yeah. But I bought it because I didn't know what else to do with it. Yeah. So you have multiple angles of, of what right. you're doing. Talk about financial literacy, you also talk about taxes and right. saving money on that. You work with a, a, a law firm, legal company. Mm -hmm. So give me like your full sphere. What is it, what is it all? What, right. is, what, what so exactly? So we literally, are, you almost would say like we're a one-stop shop, most people consider a concierge service for business owners and for athletes, business owners, and everyday individual. And here's why that's so important. Most athletes are eventually gonna become business owners at some point. Most athletes want to do business. Yep. Most business owners love athletes because yeah. they were at one point either athletes themselves too. Right. Right? Or it just inspired, you know, yeah. just love their driver as athletes. So there's an inspiration in both parties, correct? So n now it's like, how do you let them come together to feed off each other? If you look at Emma Smith, 
you look at his upbringing in terms of being, after playing and getting into real estate, he had to count on somebody else like Roger Staubach, who is killing in real estate. Big in to real say, estate. To say, hey, I'm done playing. Roger, How do I Roger. get my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is life after sports. Yeah. So how do I you know, connect with somebody like yourself who's in real estate? How do I connect with somebody like yourself who's in solar? To give them that extra edge and say, hey, I don't have all the information. But I'm just going to be the guy. It. I can right. facilitate it for you because there's a bunch of BS out there. And I just want to facilitate it for you because it makes it a lot more efficient. So we move together as a team. So yeah. it's never ending. Because it's, it's never ended because every day our things are changing. Players now have to think about how to brand themselves. I never thought about branding myself in college. Right. Now in college, it's about, hey, the more followers I get, the more the better sponsorship I can get. Right. The more sex I have. Don't fluff it. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. The more followers, the more sex the I more, have in college. You know, so it's, it's getting insane. So everything now has to be different for athletes because they got to start thinking as a college player, as a business owner. What right. deals am I going to take? What deals am I not going to take? You got to start thinking about at the end of the year, I got to pay taxes. I never right. thought about paying taxes my freshman right. year in right. college. All I want to do is go out and have a good time. Literally, it's like as soon as you become an athlete in college, you are a business owner. You're, a business you're, owner. you're not even in, you're not, you don't have to own anything. You yeah. are the business. You have and, a brand to protect, You know what I mean? Bro. E immediately. So even Which is so insane. It is insane. No, but it's going to get, here's, here's the crazy part. It's going to even go scarier. Here's why it's going to get scarier. It's going to get scarier because what happens when high school players start getting paid? Oh Even lower God. when it keeps going down. So could do you, you think it will happen? Could you imagine? It's not could imagine. It's coming. What's the percentage yeah. of that? Well, give me a one. Give me a out of a hundred percent. What's the percentages chance of high school athletes getting paid in the next decade? Next two decades. Next twenty years. I would say eighty-seven percent right now. Really? A hundred percent. Why? It's already happening in certain schools. Don't ver I gotta verify. I'm looking my thing to verify where it is because not in Texas yet. But other states are already implemented, like U.S. I think uh, California is the first high year. school players. High school players. Here's I'm sorry. Why. You said 80% of them are going to be getting paid. No, no, no. I said give me a percentage chance out of 20 in the next okay. 20 years. Okay. You said there's an 80% chance. Well, to add to that, four to five. How many of them will be getting paid? Well, you got to look. Because they got to be high level. Sorry. Yeah, they got to be high level. I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt on that, but if you think of like LeBron James' son. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's still in high school. Yep. He's still got a kid that's younger than... than yeah, Bryce. <laughs> right, Bryce. Bryce, and what's He's the other one? He's still coming up. Yeah. So now you got to start thinking about, like, imagine LeBron, there's this phenoms like Kobe Bryant that came out of high school, LeBron James that came out of high school, Kevin Cornett, those guys then, like, they're now superstars. So most yeah. companies are thinking, why don't we just go all the way to high school? Yeah. Well, what's the difference? Go earlier and earlier and earlier. Earlier and earlier. Do you earlier. think that's a good thing or a bad thing? It's both. It's bad because it's good and bad because... One year, I'm not going to shout the player of getting paid. If you get to the place where you are bringing that much business, you deserve that, right? But also, too, the challenge is educating them on what to do with it. Yeah. Because it's one thing to give it to somebody if you're going to get it back, if, you don't, if they don't know what to do with it. See, the weird thing is, though, in high school is, like, colleges make money off these right. athletes. They, get, they pay to go to the school. They got a scholarship or whatever. High school guys are going to a public school. You know they what I mean? They go to public school, but you also have guys that are bringing in. It's going to start evolving, you know? Yeah. It, the game is, we never thought college players would get paid. And it's yeah. so funny that SMU was the one that started. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, no, well, yeah, remember, we had, SMU got the death penalty for paying players back in the day. What? Yeah. If you What's ever, that story? Yeah, that is, so I, I, I can't wait for you guys to do, you know, check in and show Yeah, now I got to research you that story. Yeah, we're going to do the story now. So SMU, 
back in the day. Now, all colleges were doing this. This, this is on 30 for 30 on ESPN. This is a documentary. It is. This is a real story that actually... So, Eric Dickerson, some of those players were saying that some of these guys made more money in college than they did in, high, than they did in the NFL. Oh, my God. So, this is not like... So, now, it's legal. We were just... We were going overboard with it in, yeah. in Texas. They were just giving guys cars, salary, just insane. These guys were living... You said Eric Dickerson talked Eric, about this? No, but He's this on the 30 is, for 30? It's on, it's on the 30 for 30. That's wild, yeah, It's not my story. Go watch it. Go watch the old, on the, your own deal and it would all make sense. But this is reality of what, you know, because you have, like I said, brands are thinking futuristic. How do I get a guy like, you know, like I said, LeBron, LeBron's kids. Look at the Mellows. Yeah. Well, he came up, right? We nobody thought he was going to. So imagine being a brand that could have been attached to that so early. Right. And then watch it blow up. So these guys are thinking like, how do I, how do we start getting closer? Nike, how do I start getting guys like this, you know, wearing my shoes? Yep. AAUs, how do I get the number one player? Huh? Because if he's the number one player, chances are he's going to be the number one draft pick. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's been happening for a while now. Right. Playing, so they look after high school guys. Right. High school guys, kids in sixth grade having 10 D1 offers. Exactly. Like, so that's what? insane. Exactly. So what do I got to do to get you the best deals? So if, if I'm getting you a deal, if, you know, why not? Your senior year? That's probably when most players are going to start seeing the most amount of money because at that point, they're one step away from college. Now, let me ask you, so what I'm thinking, your competitor really is, and do you think this will ever happen, the colleges themselves for these athletes, now that they see they're getting paid, they make it a division, not, not the college itself. Uh -huh. I'm talking about the football, the basketball division. Do you see, like, just like they have a strength coach, coach do you think they'll eventually get into now having a wealth coach or at least a financial advisor for the team themselves? Do you think that's ever going to happen? Or that's a good question, and you know this podcast <laughs> is going to get us to some some serious issues because of, <laughs> you can't answer that question <laughs> because of sponsorships, right? Yeah. And, and again, it's just again when I start understanding how money works, yeah. everything starts making sense to me. Yeah. Right. If I go on campus and I see you know posters about the banks. Right, and then I understand how banks work. Yeah, I mm -hmm. like what you said about that. And then this. I start asking myself, why would they want to cut their own money? Would you? Right. So what the school is saying is, hey, the school wouldn't take the liability of trying to keep control of that because it almost felt like a monopoly. Yeah. What they're saying is, we're going to be, at least we're going to put people in front of you so we can give you the option to make that decision. Because if they take that responsibility, that means they're saying that if you have a tax problem, then we are liable for that. Right. For every kid. Right. You can't do that for every kid. No shot. To the resource, they don't even have, there's not enough, if it, 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 and there's not enough licensed agents to help with the volume. The volume was already bad before. It's already bad with uh, baby boomers. We're talking millions. We need millions of advisors to be able to, they will get licensed to educate these guys. It's not enough. So the school, there's not enough infrastructure to yeah. do it. To handle right. it. To handle it. It's too much. You got to think about now, every school, you got to think about not just football, basketball, baseball, soccer, tennis, yeah. swimming. You want to take all that liability on your, on your nah, I just want to make money and help you make <laughs> sure that you're not taking money that you don't need to be taking. Uh, the rest of it's on you. Uh, Go do you. So maybe that's why nobody wants to get involved. Nobody because wants there's to... a lot of liability. I smell some serious regulation yeah. coming soon. It's going to come soon, but again, it's just the money side is, 
you know, if you look at how this, these guys are getting paid by sponsors, they're getting paid millions. This is TV sponsor money, man. This is how these guys eat. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to cut down my own sponsorship right. that I've been getting for years. Wow. Over, show you over your $36,000 a year deal. I'm getting millions. Yeah. All right, you know? I got a controversial question for you. Uh, Do you think NFL players are overpaid? No, they're not no. paid enough. You they're see, not paid enough. It sounds like, you see, what we're seeing is how much money players are getting paid, so we get excited about the millions. Right. Hundreds Remember, of millions. Hundreds of millions. Patrick Mahomes, $500 million, yeah, 10 well, years. But the question is, how much are they bringing in? How much are they bringing in? Exactly. $500 million contract, 10 years. Again, remember I told you a question, the same thing that's happened to me. If you get excited about $500 million, how much money would I have to have to give you that? Right. And what do I think of your value to give you that? Right. Agreed. So someone's cutting that check. What's he making? What's he making? 100%. When, <laughs> when Nike decided to work with Jordan, how much shoes are they selling with Jordan versus without him? Right. Do you want to work with us? Yeah, everybody talks about how much money Jordan He's made on his right. Jordans. Right. How about Nike? How much Nike's making? Nobody, oh, my God. Nobody talks about how much the owners are making. Right. Is, which is so crazy because they put all the attention on the players. Oh, they're making too much money. Yeah. What about the teams that are putting... Two billion to build a stadium. Yeah. Nobody's saying that. Yeah, right. Raider Stadium just so cost two point one billion dollars. Nobody's talking about that when Jerry Jones built his stadium. Nobody spoke about that. Right. All these new stadiums popping up. All these schools building a hundred million plus stadiums. Nobody says anything. But the guy gets ten million. It's like ah, oh, that's outrageous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good answer. Yeah. Right? That's Very a good answer. answer. <laughs> that's a good answer. I can't hate on you. On I, that one. I agree with you one hundred percent. They shine a light on the wrong person. Do they, isn't, who's the Green Bay Packers? Aren't Green Bay Packers the only nonprofit NFL organization in the entire the league? NFL, the NFL at one point was a nonprofit itself. Yes, correct. To the change this. <laughs> I think Green Bay Packers is the only, only team that's the nonprofit. Well, Green they're Bay owned Packers. by their, uh, their uh, fans, like their shareholders. Correct. Own, yeah, something like that. They, they, own, they own equity. Yeah, the, the, the fans have some kind of shareholders on their, on, their, on their seat with them. So it's very unique. All right, let's ask you a couple rapid-fire questions. Oh, I got, I got a good one. Go ahead, start it off. Biggest name you can tell us that you've worked with? Uh, biggest name. Uh, give us a couple if you got them. Couples, I got them. Man, you know, one of them, I give a shout out to the, shout out to the big homie, by the way, man. You know, we, he really, I don't give him enough, I don't give, I don't give this man enough uh, thanks for at least giving me the platform to run on. The believing in me at the very early on. I don't, you know, though, though we've had our differences, I'm always so forever grateful and indebted to this gentleman. It's Emmanuel Sanders. Wow. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, when he got a chance like to this. get drafted, right, for real though, like seriously, big homie really looked out. He gave me a chance when, when, he, when he was working with his ADC and we were talking about doing something, the next level, the next future. He believed in it so much that I got scared. Wow. Because I stopped forgetting, when you're so long friends with somebody for such a long time and they blow up, you forget that they're a different light and you guys can't play the game the way you used to play anymore. Yeah. So the rules have changed and you're still kind of stuck here and they're moving here. Mm -hmm. And so I had to learn different 
levels of like how we move when we go out. You can't yeah. just respond to everybody's negative thoughts. Right. You got to take that as part of the, that's the part of the territory. Yeah. You know, so we have other big names that, like I said, our agency was known for bringing in a lot of big names. You have Terrell Owens, you have Donald Driver, you know, T.O., those guys. You know, we have, we have some, you know, the name runs in, you know, uh, 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 Daryl Washington, uh, Flozell Adams, you know, some other big guys. So we've had, you know, some pretty big names yeah, come no through us. You know, it's like, it's, you know, Adric Robinson, per se. And, and, and the list goes on and on, you know, and it's never ending. But again, those opportunities, those guys, you know, when, they're, when their careers first started and to where it is now, I'm so proud of all of them. But, you know, it, it, was, it was those friendship that allows me to get my foot in the door and, you know, to even be where I'm at today. Terrell Owens or Ocho Senko? I think both of them are different. You can't compare them. Okay. Right? Different style of game and entertainment. For me, you know, T.O. Who's more entertaining? Chad. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Chad. I feel yeah. like, from, Ocho from Senko. what I remember from watching football when yeah. I was younger, I feel like Terrell Owens was like the first athlete yeah. where it was after game day and they're not talking about the game, yeah. they're talking about his behavior. Yeah. He was the first one yeah. to have that star, right. rock star mentality. And correct me if I'm wrong, do you remember anyone before him who was doing it? What Dion. was he doing? He, he's running Dion, around. Dion. He's Dion, running around Dion, with uh, the Sharpies. Yeah. Sharpies in his socks. But, yeah. Crazy, bro. And it was so crazy. I love them both. Yeah. Right? I love them extremely both because, again, Chad did it for me because every week with the Hall of Fame jackets, the way he would do with the cheerleaders, I always paid attention to Chad. I wasn't even a Bengal fan, but I just wanted him to score just to see what he was going to do. Because yeah. <laughs> he yeah. knew something. It's like, so entertaining, like, man. And People every time that. I watched, and then they changed the rules and everything. All right, who's your favorite middle linebacker or linebacker? That was your position. Ray Lewis. Oh, uh, he better. was the guy that inspired me to play the game, man. The guy was like ferocious on how he did his deal, man. The guy was, yeah, definitely. Greatest football player of all time. Jeez, that's you could one. do it. You could count the accolades. You can count skill set, entertainment. You could throw all of them in there. Just general greatest football player of all time. You know the first name that came to my head. I got I got the ones and twos that okay. did it for me. It's gonna blow most people. I'm gonna shock a lot of people. Including myself, but it's Deion Sanders. Okay. Right? And then Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Like Listen, Tom Brady, Tom Brady has Brady the most me. accolades, but Neon, Deion Sanders yeah. was unbelievable. <laughs> like, if you threw the ball near Deion Sanders, exactly. it, it was going it, it, in his hands. It was going in his hands. And most <laughs> people forget he was a wide receiver. Yes, I know. On both sides. Yeah. And he, he entertained, it, and he, right. dude. That guy's a legend. A legend. Catch that the ball. Like he, nobody wanted to kick to Dion because you knew he dared you to kick the ball to him. Yeah. And you knew if that ball touched his hands, magic was going to happen. I love that answer. I love that <laughs> answer. Because <laughs> like everyone was going to say Tom Brady because yeah. of his accolades. I right. But Neon Dion is. Paul Malu is always so slept on. Yeah, but he, he ain't was up part there. of he every might have been the best safety defensive ever. play. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch a game, he was always there. Yeah. He was always at the ball. I'll tell you one thing, he's got the best hair in the game. Yeah, that's for sure. Shouts <laughs> out head and shoulders. Game. All right, I got a question about the business. Please, please. Um, now, when you take on a client, how do you service them? Based on what they want to get into, you, you sort of educate them and then say, oh, you want to get into real estate? Do you want to put your money in crypto? Do you want to buy NFTs? Or, and these are just examples, but how do you decide how you're going to help them with their money and how to leverage their money? Do you have sort of a platform that you put everyone through, or is it case and prospect specific? 
It's a mixture of both, right? And one thing Robert Kiyosaki spoke about yesterday is having a team, a strong team. I'm not by myself. I have a phenomenal team. I go out of my way, whether it's networking, going to events like this, to meet incredible people, and to even recruit incredible people to work with you. You know, it's all part of the game. It's just how do I, you know, maximize what I'm doing? How do I scale? Because I don't know everything. So one biggest thing that has worked for me is information. So a lot of guys, whether it's business owners or athletes or every individual I work with, is just sharing education information that they may or may not know about. Right, right now for business owners, one of the reasons I managed with the law, I was a managing partner to a law firm is because of an information called ERC, you know, tax credits. Right? Imagine being a business owner that was affected by the pandemic and you could get $26,000 per employee, up to 500 employees. How powerful is it to have money you don't have to pay back right now? Ooh, that's some juice. Right? And, who, and how do you even find out about that? Exactly. Right? So the PPP loan everybody knew about, but this is not being spoke about. So all the good information you need, you either have to go somewhere like this. Right. Right? right. Get around the right individuals to find out because the information we shared in here over this past couple of days. Incredible. It's not something that you're going to just find the out there. No, you they're have not to talking do... about it on no. the news. And they're not, you don't read it in a book. No. <laughs> it's nowhere to be found. It's nowhere to be found. You have to go somewhere and get around the right individuals. They're leveraging it. Yeah. And also, too, how do I get somebody to use the same money twice? I got a million dollars. How do I help my players say, hey, you're going to buy that car? Great. Let's just put it into this thing. You take $800,000 out. Your million is still growing like you never left. But you still ain't spend your money and buy everything you wanted. I hear a secret coming. Right? Come on. Exactly. Spill it on us. How do you do that? <laughs> so it's information. Like I say, like, there's nothing really to it than sharing information and just putting it in perspective of, did you know you could do that? Right. What if, did you understand how this works? And then just breaking out the simple terms. So when I ask you about a bank, what do you get? It's, I'm not giving you those numbers. You give me those numbers. When yeah. I asked you how long did it take for your money to double, you told me, man, it's going to take me forever. Right. But at the same time, when I ask you, well, the same bank is going to turn around and get your credit card, your car note, yeah. your house, yeah. student loan. They're milking you. They're milking you. Yeah. But I, I didn't do anything, but that just education. So you're just like, oh, wait a minute. I've been doing this. Somebody's made it aware what's going on. Right. It's like, how do I leverage, but how do I maximize my money, especially we're talking about inflation right now? So the same $100 you had, you know, six months ago, is, is not getting you the same $100 worth of things now. What is it now? It's like 60 bucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> so where do you put your money to maximize it? Yeah. How do you maximize your cash flow? If you're a business owner, how would you take your expenses to revenue? You're going to spend it already. You're going to have an overhead. So it's information. So when I sit with an individual and I share information that makes sense to them, then it gives us an ideal situation to sit down and talk more and then customize something because everybody's different. You're going to have people in real estate. You're going to have people in solar. You're going to have people in you know, restaurants. Name it. It's different industries, different credits. Yeah. Right? It's different tax credits that come with your, your division that is in your division. Right. Yep. Right? So that information is not going to apply for everybody. So customizing it, but really attracting the person that says, wait a minute, I've not heard that before. I need to know more. And if they want, if they want to know more, and then it opens up the market to say, let me show you options. It's not the money you make, it's the money you keep. Right, right. exactly. It seems like the niche is incredible, right? Because it's almost like the more they pay you, the more they make. Right. Or keep. Or keep. Or leverage better. Right. So it's like, you could make a lot of money doing that. So, so imagine what Kiyosaki said yesterday, right? How incredible is this for somebody to share 
that he has over what eleven billion dollars yeah. in debt, but doesn't no one point two billion. One point two billion. Yeah. Okay, and has not pay, doesn't pay taxes. Don't pay taxes. Yeah. Right. Legally. <laughs> right. Let's, let's not forget that legally. Legally. Yeah. So the question is, how is a man that makes that kind of money as a billionaire pay less taxes than a teacher? Right. Just conceptualize that for a second. It's insane. insane. <laughs> right? But that's what they write the, <laughs> All you gotta know is know the code. Right. You gotta the know code. the law, you gotta know the things, the code. you gotta ask right. the people, you gotta right. ask the questions. So if, if I can help you keep 95% from going to Uncle Sam, how valuable am I to you? Right. So, it, it, so to make what you said it before, I didn't, I didn't care no more how much these players were gonna make. I was gonna show you how to keep it. Yeah. So you don't even cost them money at all. It, 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 when they meet you, they're making money. They're making money. That's a good niche to work That's in. That's a great money. You, need a it. you got right. a slogan for that? You got, you got to get a good slogan for that. I got to get something that. for that, yeah. yeah, yeah right. I got to get one right there. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Making money. And, and if you're a business owner too. If I'm a business owner and I have $2.5 million tax liability, and you came to me and I get rid of it to 10, 20,000, how valuable am I to you? Yeah. So now when you transition from playing to a business owner, I'm still helping you out when you're done playing. Yeah. Because your business is now, I'm helping you even keep that. Yeah. Because you might end up making more. Some players make way more when they're done playing than they did even playing. Yeah. Most, if you're doing it smart. So your customer retention. Customer retention is going to be crazy. It's yeah. crazy now. Yeah. Because now I'm, bend, I'm building value. See, before, everybody was like, how are you going to make money? How are you making money? But I was like, if you bring enough value, if you save somebody a lot of money, if I save you a million dollars, what is a quarter million dollars to yeah. you? Yeah. And, and I never shared this enough. This, that's what helped me when I started recruiting athletes. When I was recruiting players, I, there was no manual on how to recruit an athlete to yeah. work in your agency. So my key came up to be like, how do I add value? So I would try to find deals where there's like club appearance. Say, hey bro, I got 2,000 for you to go show up to the club this weekend. I got $5,000 for the autograph session and we'll build it up. So now a player get excited every time he sees you. You, 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 you the money guy. You putting money in my pocket. Yeah. You get my Twitter verified. You my, His you, wife likes you. You, you know what I'm saying? You, do, you getting deals done. When yeah. you call me, you put money in my pocket. So I pick up your call quicker than the guys call me to tell me what's going to charge to take it out of my pocket. I like, man, let that go to voicemail. Yeah. But this guy that's calling <laughs> me about how to get money, I want to talk to that guy. Right, right. And so we talk about, uh, we talk about uh, my favorite example right now, if you look at George Foreman. George Foreman made more money selling grills than he did boxing. Yep. It's insane. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. He made more money selling <laughs> grills. So imagine being able to help a guy like that with his boxing career and then get to a point where he's selling over, over a billion dollars in sales and you help him manage in that process. You're walking away. Right. Big smile on your face. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. now I'm helping you. So you look at, you look at Roger Staubach. The guy has over... Insane. It was the same amount of real estate, probably close to a billion right now. He's been there like what, worth over 600 million himself? Yeah. So imagine being the guy that helps him manage his money. So imagine he didn't make that when he played football. He probably didn't even make close to a million when he played football. Especially so, not back in the day. Not like back that. in the day. No. So when he transitioned to real estate and dominating that space, being, imagine being the financial guy that went from managing, you know, less than a million to now close to a billion. It's crazy. So if you help somebody build that long-term goal, you look at Jordan. You help him say, hey, Joe, Jordan made, he, he, my favorite one is Kobe Bryant. They say 17 years of Kobe Bryant made a play in basketball, he made $320 million. In 2014, he invested like $15 million in uh, uh, that drink, that drink, that body armor that sold for $5.1 billion. 
right? Body, body yeah, body, body armor. armor right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So now this is the reason why I tell athletes about entrepreneurship. This is why it's so powerful. They invest. He invested 15 million in 2014. When he died, they sold the company. What about last year? About five, 5.4, 5.1 billion was the sale. Yeah. Coca-Cola bought it for. Guess what his cut was? 400 million. 400 million. So he made more money in six years off that deal. Then his, then his entire, entire basketball career. Entire basketball career. That's crazy. That's realistic. So think about that. His whole basketball career, one investment in six years, he did it in six, then 17. Work smarter, not harder. Now, exactly. So you look at LeBron, when LeBron came in, and we, we talk about $90 million Nike contract, we thought that was crazy. Well, look how much LeBron has made Nike. Yeah. yeah. So now I become a billionaire, and I imagine you go from managing 90 million to multiple billions. Yeah. So I'm looking at the long term of what these guys can be long after, not just while they're playing. Right. Because if I can set you up long after, that's where the long bread is, because no team's going to pay you 600 million unless you're that guy. So you got to play a different game. If you're an employee, you got to get to sales. If you're in sales, you got to get to sales leadership. If you're in sales leadership, you got to get to a C-suite executive. If you're, if you're a C-suite executive, you got to get to an owner. You got to play the different game. You right. got to get to these next levels. If you're an athlete, then you get endorsements. Then you get sponsorships. Then you got to become a business owner. Then you got to think about the equity in other companies right. and investments. You know the best equities. way to do it? It's a different game, man. I'm talking to my boy Alex right. over here. <laughs> Alex got the secrets, the knowledge, He's man. I appreciate you being sauce, on. He's got the sauce, ladies and gentlemen. You know, but if you look at one more thing I will share, though, because this is the reason why I love what we do here, right? And I look at all the opportunities most players have missed out on because sometimes it's not always about the money. And the reason I say that, if you look at Spencer Haywood, he had a chance to own 10% of Nike when Nike first started. Nike gave him $100,000 to come on board. They were like, we were I remember that were story. I remember that Nobody story. Nobody knew who Nike oh, was. Man. I remember that. And he took the 100 grand. He took the 100 grand instead with Reebok. And he could have owned 10% of Nike. 10% Ouch. of Nike. Multiple billionaires. Multiple billionaires later. So, but $100,000 today is a lot of money. But to him back then, $100,000 back then? Right. That's close to a couple million. Like, that's almost close to a million if you look at back then. So he had to take it. Watch what happens to these high school athletes. So, so I'm saying? Sign a contract for $100,000. Okay. All right, now I'm going to make forty million off of you. You know what I'm saying? And you're getting nothing. Nothing. There, that's where I think there's going to be heavy. There's going to need to be regulation with that. But it's not even so much regulation. If somebody signs a deal, not educated on the deal, Correct. you can't blame them. Right. That's why having the right team. But if you think about it, Kobe, he's like, hey, I don't want to just be another athlete that is going to be used for the model to sell the sports drink. Yeah. I actually want to be part, put my money my own money into seeing this actually grow somewhere. Right. So if something happens, I want that too. That's what, that's what Patrick was talking about yesterday, right? Entre yeah. Entrepreneurship. Steve Bowman, these guys being part of these big companies before they blew up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's where the biggest money is going to be made. Yep. And so if most of these guys, the idea, the leverage, I want these guys to start thinking, it's not so much about how much am I getting paid. Start thinking about how do I become a partner and equity share in this? Because if I help you blow this thing up, I deserve that. Right. Snoop Dogg helped Instagram blow up. I didn't even know that. You know, there was a story on that. Snoop Dogg helped Instagram blow up, but then he, he, Snoop doesn't own anything from Instagram. So he don't get none of that. He don't get none of that. Uh, the rich sell things and, and, and the wealthy own things. <laughs> own things. Wow. Equity. Equity. Such a different ballgame. It's a different ballgame. 
Crazy. Short-term versus long-term thinking, man. That's exactly what we've been going over for the last three days. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, so why didn't you bring any of your uh, clients here? <laughs> you know, this is, coming out to the vault the second time, as we're growing, literally we're still an infant, I feel like, right? This is the second year we're going into the NIL. Last year, college players, like, this is the second year of legally yeah. getting paid. Okay. Just accept that for a second. Yeah. And so what we're doing, realize it's so special, such as a, a special niche that, you know, when you're building a team, this is part of the elimination process, right? Because some guys were supposed to be here, but it helps to figure out who's going to be your team. You know, that's why I love these events, because sometimes even the, the things that look like a downfall is a blessing. Yes. Because now you start niching out, like, all right, this is my yep. guy, and this yep. is not my teammate. This yes. is my, this is the Reliability, guy baby. Like, that's the not truth, be man. Right? Because sometimes guys will be like, you're going to do it, and that guy's going to do it. But it's better when they're experienced. So for me now, it's, better, it's really more concerned on myself than saying, next year, I got, it has to be a different ballgame, because now things like this could be shared information that can say, wow, I need it. I, 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 I need to be there, I, that sense of urgency. Because yes. everything is a value pack, right? The yep. value pack we, we learned today, we look at the price now, it's no, it, we're not even sticker shocking it. It's like, oh, it's worth the value. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. But, but if you've never seen it before, you can start asking, well, what am I getting for this? Yep. So it's my more than you can <laughs> More than you can remember to take home with Correct. you. Correct. <laughs> All right, give us your closing thoughts on the Volt, the last couple of days experience, stuff you might implement. Give us what you got. Man. I don't even know where to begin. Um, I truly, it, it's really the vault is, is the bank for life. Yeah. Right? It's, it's literally not just strategies, network individuals like yourself, but like-minded individuals that my energy, I can hang out, my, I don't run out of energy, I can go all day and not oh, be yeah. hungry. It'd be, it'd be midnight, three o'clock in the a.m., I'm still talking about, my, I'm still running on fire. So my biggest takeaway is the people you're around makes a huge difference. Yes. Because when I get around like-minded individuals like this, I'm not afraid to stretch my thinking, my thoughts, what's possible. And I'm more inspired now to even work hard on myself to say, I got a lot to grow and to do, but that's exciting because now I have something to go work forward to. Yeah. And every level, there's new devils. And now I'm ready to handle like these new Every levels. levels. There's new, new devils. devils. There's new devils. I like the way you said that though too. Is is you, when you're around people like this, you feel like you're capable more. Right. It's hard to when you're at home hanging out with those guys who, you know, they don't really push the envelope and try to make it big. It's hard to sit with them and say, "Hey, I'm going to make a hundred million dollars." Right. Because for them, it's not even realistic. Right. And they can't believe they it. They can't believe it. But when you're here, <laughs> we're sitting with a hundred people who've done it. Dude, the guy I was they're sitting here, next to earlier, here. you made seventy-four million. Uh. In a year. Yeah, I made $74 million. Guy yeah. sitting right next to me. Incredible. Insane. We the are tried. Right. This is my favorite quote. <laughs> it, is, it is. It's a beautiful thing. I, I, I've, I'm experiencing things that, that, that gives me more reason to know there's more to life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And when you get around individuals that are showing you there's more to life, that's an energy in itself that's addictive that's like, oh. A few days ago, I was sharing with the individuals downstairs. I had a chance to go to the Mar-a-Lago, and I was in that neighborhood, and I was mind blown. We talk about $30 million homes, some homes up there to $350 million homes. And as I was driving to the neighborhood, walking through the neighborhood, I was fortunate to see what a private beach looks like, to have access to a beach. I saw it on your Instagram. Right, and it's just <laughs> you. 
crazy. Just you, nobody else, you. And I never thought that far, that you could actually have the ocean. Your own yeah. ocean. <laughs> Your own you ocean. You own a sliver of the ocean, ocean really. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's out there and it's yeah. attainable. I was trying to get a fish tank. I got a pet shark. <laughs> he said, I got a goldfish. I was trying to get a goldfish. This guy said, I forget the pool. Give me the ocean. That's it. I want this no never ending. I want the whole view. The sky yeah. is the limit, man. The sky is the limit. I don't want no, I don't want to go to the beach with nobody else. I want to go to the beach, it's me and my papa. So that's it. Me <laughs> and my that's it. <laughs> nobody else. Privacy. Oh, beautiful. And to me, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, yo. Being there by myself let me know that, like, you're not here by accident. Yeah, Individuals no. I'm running to you, you guys, this not by accident. We're about to shock the world with this info. Absolutely. The world's going to be, this is going to be a disruption. We create disruption. And so come together in a group like, say, hey, you know what? That's a beautiful thing. Let's go do something. Most people will never do this because they will, they will be, they talk about it, and then they wait for months and years to, to do it, and most people do it and don't do it. No. But we just like, hey, let's take action. That's the difference. We took action, and now we're about to make we Nike. We just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. Alex. Thank you for coming on, dude. You're the man. We appreciate, appreciate you. you. Now, let me ask you a serious question, though. Are you, are you so close to Emmett Smith because really you're his long-lost cousin? Because you look just like him. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> fun fact, though. I will say this about fun fact. Fun fact. So my high school teammate, Jesse Wooji, he... You know, it's so crazy because you know, I grew up in Nigeria and he's Nigerian himself and I never thought in a million years this kid that I just, that you would think I was scared of driving fast is now a NASCAR driver. Oh, and then his sponsor, and guess who? Emmett Smith. Oh my God. That's full circle, baby. Yeah. So you never know, right? Yeah. 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 And, and so now Emmett Smith is, so I, I you know, I'll show you. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to see people's dreams come true in a manner where you like, man, I remember when it was just a dream and now this is like a real thing. That's it. Let me uh, see if I could uh, bless you with that. The quote I wanted to say before, while you're getting that, you know how to make money, you'll become a millionaire. If you know how to help people, other people make money, you become a billionaire. That's what it was. Till I got